It's a great day for a podcast. Once again, here he is, John Oakley. I was reading a, a Twitter thread, and uh, this is now from Mike Moffat, who's a senior director at the Smart Prosperity Institute, as well as a professor of economics at Western University. He says, one thing I often hear about home prices in Canada is, well, Toronto's a world-class city. Of course it's expensive. Okay, fine. Let's look at another city. Let's look at Tilsonburg, Ontario. And that's where he got me. Uh, I had to follow up. Let's get Mike Moffat in here to explain what he found and uh, what is, I guess, most enlightening about various comparatives. Mike Moffat, good to have you back on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. What prompted you, by the way, to tweet, I guess, what I can call a reality check here? Yeah, well, I find so much of our, our discourse is, you know, just people saying, well, of course, Toronto and Vancouver are expensive. But, you know, I'm, I'm from rural southwestern Ontario, a little community called uh, Whalen Corners, just uh, about a half hour outside of London. And, you know, I tell you, you, you look out there and, and prices are incredibly expensive in places that uh, aren't anywhere really near Toronto. So I, I use Tilsonburg as an example where the 180 kilometers away, it's about uh, 20K from the 401. You know, you have to take up uh, Highway 9 just to, just to get to the 401. So you look at uh, home prices there and, you know, the average single family home is still selling for about $560,000 Canadian, which is a lot of money given... Uh, uh, you know, given what uh, salaries are, you know, we think of uh, Tilsonburg and the Stomp and Tom song, uh, you know, and uh, rural poverty. That's not the case anymore. You need some real money to be able to, to move into a community like that. And you draw the comparisons between, say, Tilsonburg and major metropolitan centers in the United States where they have all the amenities of so-called world-class cities or a place like Toronto, maybe a major league franchise in, you know, hockey, football, baseball, whatever. And what did you find? Yeah, so what I did is I, I compared Tilsonburg to, to places with a sports team. So doing an apples-to-apples apples comparison of uh, single-family home prices. And Tilsonburg, you know, it's $420,000 U.S. to buy a home. That's more expensive than in Nashville, Tampa, Dallas, Minneapolis, Baltimore, Atlanta, Houston, Milwaukee, San Antonio, Philadelphia, Chicago, and Cleveland. And I'm sure there's some, some other ones I'm, I'm missing in there. So, you know, that tells you something uh, that, you know, this is not uh, just big cities that are getting, uh, getting expensive in Ontario. And it's not even places that are, you know, reasonably close to big cities. You know, I wouldn't want to do that. Uh, uh, Tilsonburg to Toronto commute, uh, commute every day. You know, it's not near a major transit line. There's no go station that goes to Tilsonburg. So, you know, it's, it, it's just unbelievable to think about that. It's not, uh, Again, it's not just our cities that are expensive, but all across southern Ontario, it's, uh, you know, we're putting the squeeze on families. Well, when you say it's an apples to apples comparison, uh, what about quality of life then to some of these towns that you've, uh, or cities you've cited, Nashville, uh, Baltimore, et cetera, et cetera, versus Tilsonburg? Yeah, and I'm certainly not, uh, uh, you know, not suggesting that the people move to these communities, though I will point out I lived in Rochester, New York uh, for a few years. Home prices there are less than half of what they are in Tilsonburg, and I loved my my time there. So I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not suggesting for a moment uh, that necessarily people move there, but what I am suggesting is if they can figure out how to create affordability, then we should be able to as well. And we used to, uh, you know, one, once upon a time that five years ago, 
uh, house prices in Tilsonburg were half what they are today. So, so I, I think that's rather the point that, you know, I'm not suggesting that we be like the Americans on all aspects, but I think there are probably some lessons that we can learn from them on housing. Well, all right. Uh, what can we learn as you've delved deeper into this on the affordability question? Uh, where is the real nub of it that has seen prices in Tilsonburg uh, even outstripping some major American cities where they've got all the amenities and the major league sports teams? Well, it comes down to supply. Uh, so supply and uh, taxes when it, when it comes to building. So things like uh, development charges and other fees tend to be a lot lower in the United States. They, they make up that, that money elsewhere. Um, and just being able to, to build more. So if you look at a community like, like Houston, uh, there's a lot less red tape when it comes to building. Um, you know, not all of the rules are, are ones that we should adopt, but some of them, some of them certainly are. And that's, you know, basically the, the lesson across North America is the places where it's, uh, easy to build, uh, partly, uh, due to geography and, and partly due to, to regulations. Home prices are relatively low, and that's the same in Canada. You know, you look at a place like Winnipeg or Edmonton, more places with NHL teams, they're still relatively affordable. So I think we need to be looking at these communities and saying, okay, well, what are they getting right that uh, we're getting wrong? Well, we've got a lot of land. That goes without saying. Uh, Why can't we get it right then? Who is really the spanner in the works? Well, I, I think we need to look at all three uh, three levels of government that uh, municipalities uh, play a role when it comes to zoning and approvals process. And we saw just just this week in, in Toronto uh, some some deregulation when it comes to building multiplexes, which I think is a fantastic move that other cities could look at. Uh, the province uh, plays a role uh, both on uh, the approval side, environmental approvals, you know, setting the rules for municipalities, but also making sure that we have enough uh, skilled labor. Uh, that tends to be one of the things that drives up the cost, making sure that we have enough electricians and plumbers. And then finally, we need to look at the federal government. The federal government uh, sets a lot of taxes on, on home building uh, back in the 1960s up until 1972, uh, the, the federal government had a lot of incentives to build uh, purpose-built rentals, affordable purpose-built rentals. I think we need to look at, at those. But it's one of those complex Canadian problems where no one level of government owns a solution. You get a lot of finger pointing and not so much working together. Well, we've also got the situation with the green belt now, very contentious that uh, it restricts or it would set up to restrict sprawl and uh, having done so now Doug Ford, you know, even intimating that we're going to nibble around the edges, maybe in certain places where the services are there. You think of Schaumburg along highway nine and what have you, uh, is the green belt, uh, sacrosanct, uh, maybe a false construct that's impeding natural development, organic development. How do you see it? Yeah, I, I don't think it necessarily has to know that I, I think we can do both. As you pointed out earlier, we have a lot of land in, in, in this province, but I, I think we just need to do planning better. So uh, back uh, when we looked at the provincial growth plan back in 2017, when the Ontario governments, uh, you know, set up, set up those rules, they hadn't integrated things like increased immigration targets and increased international students' uh, enrollments when looking at how much land we need to set aside for housing. So I think it's more just a coordinate, a classic coordination problem where the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing, where, you know, we're seeing a big increase in international students, but we're not seeing a building of new student residences and that kind of thing. So it's this mismatch of policy that's uh, really getting to us in a way that, uh, again, a lot of places in the United States have been able to manage better than we have. 
And in urban centers such as Toronto, as you've alluded to, with city council passing the ability to uh, build fourplexes uh, wherever, right across every ward, density is inevitable, is what you would say. Yeah, I, I certainly think it will happen. I don't, uh, you know, I don't think everything's going to turn into a fourplex. And, uh, you know, I think but what, what we are going to see is, you know, currently we have a lot of small scale builders who will, uh, you know, buy buy up uh, old smaller properties and, and replace them with a, a larger single family home. Now they'll be able to do that, but put in uh, multiple units. So that will create a little bit more more housing. And this is the thing where there's no silver bullet to this. It's, it's going to take a lot of uh, a lot of reforms, a lot of sort of figuring out, you know, what what rules are, are doing more harm than good and seeing what we can do to amend them. Interesting discussion. I appreciate it. I've heard from people prior to you joining us saying, you know, they can work remotely now. So uh, one guy is even going to Columbia and, uh, you know, for 450 Canadian dollars, they can rent a 2,600 foot condo uh, on the ocean, no less per month. And so this is the kind of stuff where uh, migration, you know, it's almost like uh, they'll just follow the money or the the lack of having to pay such. Mike Moffat, uh, Senior Director at the Smart Prosperity Institute, as well as a Professor of Economics at Western University. Good to have you join us. I appreciate your insights. Oh, thank you for having me. You got it. Listen to the John Oakley Show live each weekday afternoon from 3 until 6. If you live in the Toronto area, just turn that AM dial to 640 and listen anywhere on earth 24 hours a day by going to 640toronto.com. Follow on Twitter at AM640Oakley. You've been listening to A Curious Cast. New podcasts and shows are debuting all the time. So check back often to see what's new in the Curious Cast Library.